Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wonderful presence of the Lord that we feel in this house. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22. Good to see the Deathridge family back in the house of God. I'm glad that baby Memphis is being a little more stubborn for a little longer. I don't know what parent she got it from, but hey, okay, there we go. Definitely came from, I thought that was a sister, not... Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good to have you in the house of the Lord here today as well. And uh, thank the Lord for grandparents that are here to step in and take care of things and, and be a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say thank you to Brother, Brother Mark and Brother Jonathan and, uh, for stepping in and fouling. And for Brother Ray is stepping in to teach here today. I did not feel well all last night and this morning. I said, God, I've been waiting for this service all week long. I felt like, God, you spoke to me. You got to touch me. And I woke up again uh, the second time. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to go back the second time. <laughs> and I felt so much better. And I want to say thank you for all the, uh, the men that stepped in to help. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Heard you threw down preaching, Brother Jonathan. We might have to have you do that around here. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody who can be instant in season, out of season, amen, is all right by me. Amen. Mar Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Good to see our visitors. Amen. I believe God's got a word for us here today. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. The Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him on, unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst or the middle of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And, the begin and, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. I love that. Jesus caught him. You feel like you're sinking. Jesus will catch you. And said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. The Bible says, Jesus said, come. Jesus said, come. And I want to preach us for a few moments on this subject. Invitation to the supernatural. Invitation to the supernatural. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray. 
Come on, let's pray all across this building. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. I feel the presence of Jesus working, moving, breathing, touching lives, touching hearts. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody reach out to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Pray, Lord, that you speak to us, God. Put this word deep down in our hearts, God. Hallelujah. We give you glory and praise and honor. Oh, somebody give him praise all across this building. Somebody worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and give God a shout of victory. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him it's good to see you in the house of God. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. Invitation to the supernatural. Leading up to our text is a very famous story. The Bible lets us know that Jesus went into the wilderness. And as he went into the wilderness, people followed him into the wilderness. The Bible says there was 5,000, not including women and children, that went into the middle of the wilderness, into the middle of the desert, just to be where Jesus is. And I've said this over and over and over. I said it last Sunday, and I'll say it again. People want to be in the presence of God. They really do. People want to be in the presence of God, and it doesn't matter where Jesus is. They want to be there. You could be in the desert. Jesus is going to be there. The people are going to be there. You could be in a house, and people are going to want to show up and be in the presence of God. And I want you to notice this group. They were so desperate to be in the presence of God that nobody took the time to pack a lunch. Nobody had time to worry or be concerned about their human needs and their fleshly desires. They were more hungry to be in the presence of God than they were to eat something natural. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, we're looking at a church here today that's got, that we've got it. We've got to be more hungry for Jesus than we are for anything else in this world. I don't know about you, but I'm more hungry for the presence of God than I am in feeding my flesh. I am more hungry for the presence of God than I am in filling some physical desire, some natural need. I want to be in the presence of God, and I will go into the middle of nowhere to do it. And that's how these people felt. They went out there not taking anything with them, and, and the story begins to unfold, and, and I don't want to take too much time on this story here today, but suffice it to say, the Bible lets us know that that Jesus notices the people, and they, they, they begin to tell Jesus, everybody's hungry, and nobody has anything to eat, and so they notice that there's a problem, and they go to Jesus with this problem, and Jesus tells them to feed them. Well, I brought my problem to Jesus, and he's telling me to figure it out. I ought to preach about that for a moment. Somebody, well, I thought I'd just bring it to Jesus, and he would work everything out for me, and I, I wouldn't have to do anything. I've come to let you know God can do everything, but he won't do everything. 
Hallelujah. He can, he can do it all, but that doesn't mean he will do it all. And so they, they immediately say, well, here's, here's what we should do, Jesus. We should send the multitude away. And, 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 and that's how a lot of people's response are when things seem to be a little bit outside of their control and things seem to be a little hard and, and the going gets tough. Immediately it is, how can I get rid of this problem? How can I get rid of what's hard right now? Can I just send it away? And there's a lot of people that would go, and there's a lot of churches I've seen and I've been and I've preached in that would rather send their revival away than to work with the people. Uh, I'm a preacher, somebody. They would rather send away their revival than to do a little extra work uh, and to go and to try to fix the problems and feed the hungry. I've come to let the church know we are in no way, shape, or form uh, looking to send away our revival. Go ahead, Lord. I don't care if they're hungry, if they're busted, whatever the case may be. Send them here. Bring them here. Hallelujah. We're not the kind of church that says send them away hungry. We say, Lord, bring them here, and I don't care what we got to do. We'll find a way to feed them. We'll find a way to fill them. They might come empty, but they're walking away full. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. A lot of people get in this kind of position. And they start sending away miracles because it looks too hard or it seems to be impossible. They get into a circumstance or a situation and they would rather be rid of that circumstance or situation than to allow God to work a miracle in their life. But here Jesus says, no, we're not going to send anybody away hungry because God is not interested in ever letting somebody walk into his presence empty and walk out empty. God does not let people walk in hungry and walk out hungry. God says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and heavy burdened. He said, if any man hungers, let him come unto me. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and I'll fill him. Amen. So says, no, I'm not going to let anybody walk away in that kind of condition. So, figure it out. We're going to feed them. They do what most human beings do. We try to logically, factually solve a problem that's going to take faith. Try to go and calculate, okay, how much money do we need? How much bread do we need? How many markets do we got to go to? How many food banks we got to hit up? What do we have to do to feed these people? And we do our best to try, and in our own human way, we try to figure everything out. But I've come to let you know, not everything can be figured out. Not everything God allows you to come up against is going to be something you can figure out. You can't factually, you can't, you can't get enough facts to, to get it out of the way. And you can't, you can't have enough logical thinking. You can't think your way out of it. Some people say, well, just think yourself a millionaire. It doesn't work like that. You, there's going to be hard work. There's going to be, there's going to be other things that you don't see. And they start looking at all these things as how can I figure it out? And God just looks back at them. This is not a, something you figure out. This is something you faith out. 
This is not something you gotta you gotta try to work on. He says, no, you gotta believe, you gotta have faith. This is gonna be something that is not a work of the flesh, but it's a work of the spirit. This is gonna be something that's gonna take more of your energy internally than it does your energy externally. This is gonna be something that takes more heart and more faith than it does your brawn and your brain. It's gonna be something that's gonna take prayer. It's gonna be something that takes a moving of God. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they finally try to do everything they can. And they find a little boy that's willing to give towards his miracle. And everybody's going to be fed. Let me just preach about that for a moment. That if you give God what you got, you'll always get what you need. And not just you. When you give God what you have, everybody around you gets blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. The only one that was smart enough to bring provisions was a little boy that maybe his mother packed the lunch. But here he said, I don't know what you can do with it, Jesus, but I'll put it in your hands. And, and if I can put it in your hands, I know you can make something out of it. You don't have to have a lot left. All you got to do is say, God, I'm going to put it in your hands, and I'm going to watch you multiply what's left. Amen. And he feeds them all. There is a miracle. But all of this, his disciples were partakers of the miracle. They ate just like everybody else. They enjoyed just like everybody else. But Jesus wanted to teach them a deeper lesson. He was not going to let them come from just being partakers of a miracle and for them to walk away and say, wow, that was a wonderful service and wow, that was incredible how Jesus multiplied. And, and man, if it wasn't for that little boy, we would not have been here. And that little fish and that little loaf of bread, we, we would have all gone home hungry. I'm so thankful for God's provision. I'm so glad to know that God's a provider. I've been there, and I have been a recipient of God's provision. And they walked away saying, wow, he really is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord shall be my provider. Anybody ever experienced that of God? I don't care where you are and what you've been through. God is a provider. And Jesus wanted to get them deeper than just that. Because there's some folks that want to stay on God's a provider. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to preach here today. They want to stop and say, well, Lord, feed me when I'm hungry. God, take care of me when I'm hurting. Go ahead and heal me when I'm sick. And there's a lot of folks that want to live their whole Christian existence right there. And that would be something that you could do. But Jesus' intentions is not for anybody to stay in that position. God doesn't want anybody to stay in the position where they just come and they receive from him and receive from him and receive from him. They don't want, he doesn't just want people to only know him as a provider. He doesn't want people to just know that I'm the one that will multiply bread and loaves. I'm not just the one that will fill up your bank account when it's empty. I'm not just the one that will heal your body when you're sick. I can take this a lot deeper for you. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your provision. Thank you that I was able to partake of your provision. But, Lord, I want to go to another level. I want to learn, hallelujah, what you want to teach me here today. Somebody pray. Hallelujah.
Jesus did a few things to set the stage for this lesson. First thing he did, he left them alone. Ooh, let me preach about that for a moment. Everybody likes to be in the master's hand because it's in the master's hand there's provision. It's in the master's hand we feel things. It's in the master's hand that we experience the presence of God. And a lot of people are okay with that. And they are, they are fine living for God as long as there's fish and loaves. And as long as he's right there and he's always providing and he's always taking care. And, 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 and as long as God is always coming through, they are, are, are all on board with God. But the minute that he leaves them alone, they start to wonder and question their faith. You can come out of the most power-packed service. You can come from the greatest experience in God you've ever had. Got a blessing that you just can't explain. God filled up an empty bank account and made all those negative numbers positive and yet when God leaves some people alone uh, they don't know how to respond and they don't know how to react and, and it becomes another level of faith the faith that says God you can leave me alone but I still believe God I cannot feel your presence but I still believe anybody ever been there huh? I may not feel you I may not see you but God, I believe that you're still there with me and you'll be with me to the end of the earth. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, somebody praise him. There's some folks you might feel alone right now and God might have left you in that position, but I want you to know it's so you can go to a deeper level. It's not so God can hurt you. It's so God can build your faith. Oh, somebody pray. Hallelujah. He left him alone. It's the only time you really see Jesus leaving his disciples alone. And then he made them row into the middle of the sea. And he waited until they were in the middle of that water. He did not allow them to just put their boat on the shore, and then he showed up. He wanted them to put a little work and a little effort into it. Get into the middle of this. And while they got in the middle, the Bible says that Jesus was watching as a violent storm began to beat against the ship. Some people say, well, God left me alone, and I've gotten all the way out here, and I feel nothing, and I see nothing, and I sense nothing. And now I feel like God not only left me alone, but God forgot about me. Can I preach to somebody that feels like God's forgotten about you? He's watching you. You might be in the middle of your mess, but God has got his eye on you. He's got his eye watching everything that's going in your life. He's watching as a storm happened and as this thing began to beat against the boat. And he sees as the waves are beginning to crash against the ship and the water gets into the boat. You know, boats were meant to be in water, but water was never meant to be in boats. And let me just help somebody. You, you, you know, I understand we go through a lot of external things in life. Amen. Maybe I'm the only one here this, this afternoon. But we go through a lot of external things. And, and, and we, were, we, we are people that are built for adversity. And we are built in such a way that we can handle the external things. Uh, but sometimes life has a way of going from the external to the internal. 
Sometimes life has a way of going, and those waves that are crashing against your life start affecting the internal side. And, 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 and that's when you know you're really in danger. It's when, you know what, you can be broke, you can have all sorts of things going wrong, but the minute that it starts to creep its way on the inside, and it starts to affect your heart, and it starts to affect your faith, and it starts to affect your trust in God, it's at that moment you got to say, Lord, something's got to be done about this. I've got to get this water that's on the inside out of the boat. I got to get all this storm and all this trouble and all these trials that are affecting the internal. I got to get them out. So they start bailing water. And Jesus is just watching. What are you waiting for, God? What are you waiting for, God? Anybody ever felt like that? I want to know why you haven't stepped in. You see that we're going under. And I don't know where you're at. I can't feel you, I can't experience you, and I feel like I'm going down. And Jesus just stays watching. And then the Bible says that as he sees the waters and the wind that's contrary begin to beat against the boat, he begins to walk on the water in the middle of the storm. And the Bible says they saw him and they thought that he was a spirit and they were afraid. Now Jesus is waiting until they're in a position of fear. They just came from one of the most faith-building experiences of their life. They just came from Jesus feeding 5,000, not including women and children. He He's done the miraculous time and time again. They've seen it, they've experienced, and they partook of it. But now... They're in a position where they feel like they're going under. And, and I've seen God provide before, but now I'm in a different position. And, and can I help somebody here today? If God has ever been faithful in your life, uh, he'll be faithful now. Can I preach to somebody at ARC? If God's ever provided in your life before, you can bet on it. You can hold on to it. You can take it to the bank. God will provide for you now. God will make a way now. Oh, somebody praise him. And they still are in a position of fear. They should still be flying on cloud nine of faith. And then Jesus says, don't be afraid. The very thing you fear, that's me. The very thing you're afraid of and you're worried about, and you stay up late at night about, and you cry about, I want you to know that you didn't see me, you didn't feel me, you didn't experience it, and it caused you to be afraid. But I want you to know the very thing you've been afraid of is actually me working in your life. The very thing you wanted to get away from and row away from and, and swim and, and jump ship. and get that, I want you to know that's the presence of God. That's the power of God. The very thing that you've been scared of. Amen. I want you to know that's the power of God working in your life. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, God's going to help somebody here today. God's going to take us to another level. Amen. He's saying don't be afraid the whole time it's been me. Don't be afraid of what you've been going through. It's been me. Don't be afraid of what you're facing. It's been me the whole time. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. I'm working. Oh, somebody pray. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He says don't be afraid. It is I. Peter looks out of that boat at what he used to be afraid of. I thank God for revelation. I thank God for revelation because there's times where I'm afraid of something. And God says, I put you in this position. 
Don't be afraid of the things God puts you through. Don't be, the Bible says don't despise the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange things happen. Amen. The, the trying your faith, the Bible says, is much more precious than that of silver or gold that perishes. Uh, I want you to know that God allows things into life and God puts us, and, and some people don't like to talk about this, uh, but it was Jesus that put them on the boat. Uh, it was Jesus that sent them into the middle, uh, and it was Jesus that allowed the storm to come. Well, it was just life or it was the devil. I want you to know sometimes storms hit life simply because it's the will of God. And God knows you'll never get this lesson if I don't allow some wind to come. You'll never get this lesson if you don't get some dark clouds in your life. And you'll never understand what I'm trying to teach you without the waves crashing against your life. Hallelujah. But can you praise God in those moments? Oh, hallelujah. I praise God for all that he's done in my life. But what about the moments when God allows the storm to come in your life? What about those moments when you're afraid and you're alone and you don't see anything? Can you still give God praise right there? Somebody go ahead and lift up your hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. He says, it's me. The very thing you've been going through. That was me. That was the will of God. Don't resist the will of God. Sometimes everybody likes the will of God when it lines up with the will of me. But sometimes the will of God is saying, you know what? Hey, I may not like it. Not thy will, not my will, but thy will be done. I know there's a cup of suffering. I know there's situations. I know there's things I'm going to go through. But God, I want your will more than anything. And Peter looks out and sees Jesus walking on the water. And he says, Lord, I, 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 I think... That is an awesome thing that you're doing. I, I, I see what you're doing out there. And I think that's incredible. I've never seen that before. I didn't think that was possible. I see you walking out on the impossibility. And I, I see you walking out in the midst of my trouble. And the very thing I've been afraid of and the very thing that I feared, as Job has said, has come upon me. And, and I see you out there standing. Uh, we're trying to stay afloat, and you're walking. Uh, we, we're just trying to keep the water out of the boat. Uh, and here you are just treading on the water uh, as if it's no big deal. And, and there's a lot that would look at that and say, wow, that is incredible for you, Jesus. Thank God for the Peters in life. Lord, if that's you, if that's you, I want you to call me out there. I want you to take me from where I am just trying to stay afloat right here and just trying to barely make it and just trying to barely survive. And I want you to call me out there because I'm tired of bailing water and I, I'm tired of trying to stay afloat in life. Can I preach to somebody? You're just trying to barely make it and barely stay afloat, but God's got more for you. I said God's got more for you. And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there with you. And Jesus says, come. And then he comes out of the boat and begins walking on impossibility. And there's a lot of people that say, wow, what an opportunity. I would love to walk on water. I would love to do the impossible. But can I preach to somebody that the invitation to the supernatural only comes when you're facing impossibility, instability, insecurities. And God wants to know, are you willing to endure those things first? Well, God, I want you to perform a miracle. 
but yet not many people want to be the miracle. <laughs> I want to see you heal, but nobody wants to get sick. And I'm not, I'm not praying for that myself. But can I preach to somebody? His invitation only comes when you're in the middle of it. His invitation to do supernatural things only comes when you are in the midst of impossible situations. His invitation to the supernatural only comes when things are no longer stable around you and it feels like everything is flipping upside down and you don't know what's going on. Can I preach to somebody? The invitation to the supernatural only comes if you're willing to step out into the unknown and step out into things that you don't like and step out on the things that don't always feel right and you can't put your foot down on solid ground you got to be willing to go out into those things lift up your hands and let's pray Come on, God's trying to call us out. God's saying, you can come, you can come, but in order to come you got to be willing to endure some of these things. Somebody pray. Oh, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands and let's magnify him. ARC, God is trying to call us out into the supernatural. God is trying to call us out to the supernatural. But often that means we gotta leave, we've got to leave the natural behind. We've got to get beyond just trying to stay afloat. A revival church is not trying to stay afloat. Some people play to win. Others play not to lose. We are playing to win. I'll say that again. We are playing to win. We are not looking, oh man, if I could just stay afloat one more week, I've come to tell you, revival churches are not the ones that are saying, let's just try to make it another week. Let's just try to make it another month. I've come to let you know there is a deeper place than living paycheck to paycheck. There is a deeper place than living Sunday to Sunday and Wednesday to Wednesday. I've come to let you know God's got a lot more than that little vessel that you've been trying to hold on to and that little boat that's been keeping you afloat. God's saying if you can leave that behind, leave the comfort behind, leave the normal behind, if you can step out of this that you've known all your life, Come on, Peter, this is factual to you. You've been a fisherman. You understand this. This makes sense. But if you can step out of all of this and begin to walk out on these things that you know would kill you and destroy you, and you know there's no way on, on, on God's green earth you could ever do that by yourself, if you can step out of the logical and the factual and step out into the impossible. There is a deeper level for everyone that's saying, God, if you'll call me, if you'll call me. There's some folks been praying that all week, God, if you just give me an opportunity. If you just call me, if you just speak to me, I'll step out of everything that I've ever known and I'll begin to walk out on. I may not feel, hey, I'm going to tell you, when you get out on that water, I want you to know that that water is fluid. It's not solid. It begins to move around you and you, you start to lose your step and you feel like you're losing your balance and you feel like you're losing your mind. Some folks are wondering, how, you can, how can you preach this? Because I've stepped out on that water more times than I can count. I've left everything behind. 
behind. I've left my family, my friends, my home church. I stepped out onto it, not knowing where I was going, not knowing what was going to happen. But I knew God called me, and God's going to make a way. And you only get to see the supernatural when you're willing to go into the impossible and step out on the unstable things. Oh, somebody praise him. Lift up your hands and let's magnify him. ARC, God's got a deeper level. God's got a deeper level. God's got a deeper level. Somebody pray. Come on, I feel him. I feel him. God's got an invitation for every individual in this house to go into the supernatural, to go beyond where you've been, to go to a deeper level. Some people say, well, God, I'd love to walk on water just as long as it's right next to the dock. And I'm sitting on the dock of the bay. Hallelujah. I'd love to walk on water as long as it's frozen. It's wintertime. And I got ice skates on. I'd love to walk on water as long as it's by the seashore. And I like long walks on the beach. But he didn't wait for them to be on the docks. He waited for them to cast out of the shallow. He waited for them to get beyond where they could stand on their own. Can I preach to the church? God's got to get us to the place where we realize we're so far into this. We're so deep into this. There's no way on God's green earth we could make it by ourselves. If there's ever a possibility you could do it, it's not the supernatural. And so God's got to bring circumstances. God's got to bring trouble and trials. And God's got to allow us to get in the middle of the mess and the middle of this deep trouble. And God says, it's in that place that I call to you. And I say, come, come, come. And he calls to individuals. He calls to the church. He says, get out of where you're comfortable and come unto me. And it's a call to the supernatural. Don't resist impossible situations. Don't resist and fight against the fact that life feels life is losing its stability for you right now. Oh, somebody looked at me. I feel it right there. Come on, there's some folks, they, they're clinging to stability, and you're just trying to float, but God's saying walk. Don't float, walk. Come on, I didn't call you to be uh, somebody who floats over everything in life. Uh, I called you to be somebody who walks over everything in life. Uh, I don't want you to float through your troubles and float through your trials and, 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 and sleep through them and, and, and just make your way and medicate through them. No, I want you to walk through it. I want you to walk with me, walk beside me, uh, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, oh, somebody praise him. Oh, come on, I feel it right there. Somebody pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel it right there. Somebody, somebody needs to hear that right there. Somebody needs to hear it. Your life is so unstable right now. You don't know what's going on. And it's not because you're an unstable individual. It's because God's allowing the boat to get rocked. And God's allowing your life to become a little bit different than what you're comfortable with. And God's saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Can you hear the call of the supernatural? Can you hear me calling you out, out of that comfort zone, out of that boat? Can you come out and walk on this with me? Peter, you got to realize you stay on that boat, it's going down anyways. Nobody's life is elevated by staying in the normal. Nobody's ever done anything great in life with God, without God, has ever stayed in the normal stayed in the comfortable. You got to be willing to go and say, you know what? I, I might sink. You got to be willing to step out. Can I preach to somebody? God's been calling some people in ARC to step out. 
Step out. Step out. I know it's Sunday and I should probably uh, be talking about some. Let me just tell you, God's saying step out. If you step out, I'm right there with you. Amen. You'll get closer. You'll get closer to God the more you're willing to step out. Because he says, come. It's an invitation. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to go. And Peter gets out of that boat. And begins to walk. And, hey, it's a little shaky at first. I, I don't know. I don't know about this. And everything's fine as long as he can reach back and grab the boat. Hey, I'm all right with just, hey, it's, Maybe there's something underneath me I just can't see. Hey, we're good. I'll just hang out next to the boat and I'll walk around the boat. And, that, and that's okay for a moment. But Jesus is out there and he's saying, I'm still calling for you to come out here. He didn't say, I didn't, want, I didn't call you to walk on water. I called you to me. And in coming to me, you'll walk on water. And, and I called you out. I called you out to where I am, not to stay where you are and just be a little better than your brothers. I called you out to where I am because I got something for you. Amen. But you got to let go of your stability and you got to let go of your safety net and you got to walk in it not knowing where you went. And he begins to step out. And I'm going to tell you, at, at first, he's doing all right. Okay, about losing his balance. And, and, and right now, he's, he's so caught up in the moment, he, has, he doesn't have time to think about it. Some people need to jump before they think. <laughs> Shoot before they aim. Hallelujah. That's not a word for everybody. Some folks need a little more uh, practice. But, 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 but he's in this position where he's just, he's not even thinking about it. This is not, he's so used to that factual, let's gather, let's go to the, let's go to market and let's gather all these things. That he just came from that. But now God's saying there's some supernatural here. And this is in factual. This is faith. And you've got to be willing to walk on faith and walk by faith and not by sight. Not by logic, not by facts, not not by what you can figure out, not by what you can think about. He's saying, I'm getting you out of that boat. And he left behind that mentality. Everybody else is thinking, oh, he's going to sink. He's going down. And you've got you to just ignore those voices in your life that say you're going to go down when God's calling to you. And he starts to walk. Everything's fine. But I promise you, the Bible says that, his, that he began to notice the waves and the wind. In other words, he lost his focus. And if you ever lose your focus on why you're out here, and you ever lose your focus on why you're walking on through these unstable places and walking through impossibility, that's how people get bitter, that's how people sink, and that's how people go under. Hey, you didn't come all the way this far so that you could do something nobody else has done. No, you came this far because Jesus called you. You came this far because you're trying to get closer to him and experience something nobody else has experienced in God. And he got his focus off Jesus and he started to sink. Anytime the church gets their focus off, anytime a saint of God gets their focus off, it is never an elevation. It is always a descent. It is always a decline. We always, the minute you start focusing on the voices of your brother or your sister and you start focusing on, well, he said, she said, this happened, that happened, you got to throw that out the window. Well, preacher, you don't know the wind that's been blowing in my life and all the other voices and every wind of doctrine and all these other things that are happening and you get all twisted around by all these other things. You can't focus on that. I know you're not seeing it, but you're feeling this wind blowing against you and you can't even focus on the fact that the waves seem to be crashing over you. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand all across the building. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray.
There is an invitation here today. God's saying, I, I want to invite you to, to, to not just be a partaker of supernatural. I want you to be a participant of the supernatural. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. You partook of God's provision, but now can you participate in the supernatural? Can you participate uh, in the miraculous? Can you participate in the, in, in, in the impossible? Can you participate and be a part of it? And Peter gets out there far enough. And you know what? There's some folks say, well, you got out there, but you sunk in the end. But at least I got out here. Hey, don't worry about, about where things have happened, where you're at right now. Be thankful for the fact that you got this far. Uh, hallelujah. Well, you didn't get all the way there, and, and you, you, know, you didn't quite accomplish what you said you'd accomplish. And do what you said you'd do. Well, at least I came this far. Other people that have done nothing will criticize you for doing anything. Uh, let me say that again. People that have never done anything will criticize you for doing anything. Let me just preach against that spirit. If you've never done anything for God, don't you dare criticize anybody that's doing something for God now. If you don't have corn in the crib and you don't have a soul in the pew, I don't want to hear one word of criticism about any individual. Until you can line them up and say, that person, that person, that person, I've done this for God. I, I don't want to hear one individual start running another individual down. Just a little pastor on Sunday. Hallelujah. Peter gets out there and begins to sink. And as you begin to sink, he said, Lord, I think I've been off more than I can chew. I thought I had a lot more faith than I did. I need you to help me. And Jesus caught him. He would have never caught him if he'd have been holding on to the boat. He just, he just let him sink. You got your own safety net. You got a backup plan. You, you got a plan B. And because you got this plan B, you go ahead and let this boat save you. But no, the minute you step out of that boat, he says, I'll be your salvation. I'll be your help. I'll be your ever-present help in time of trouble. He says, Lord, catch me. And Jesus takes it back. They walk together on the water back to that boat. Wow, the view's a whole lot better from here. I finally got to Jesus. And you know, it's still a little unstable and still a little crazy. But at least I'm with Jesus. You begin to walk out on this. I hope I'm helping somebody here today. I, I'm actually preaching a lot of other things that you probably don't understand. I'm preaching. Uh, I, I'm trying to help somebody uh, that you, you, you don't understand where you've been and where you've been going. Uh, but now you're with Jesus, and it's starting to make a little more sense. Uh, and as he makes his way back to the boat, they get to the boat, and the storm ceases. Wouldn't it have been a lot easier if God would have just stopped the storm in the middle? It sure would have been a whole lot easier to walk on water if it was as clear and as flat as ice. He said, no, I needed you to hear the wind. I needed you to feel the waves. I needed you to, I needed every bit of doubt to come against you. I needed everything because the only way you get into the supernatural is if you can press through every bit of doubt, every bit of fear. The only way you get to the supernatural is if you can walk through it and feel like you're walking all by yourself, but you walk anyways. And people might not get you back. People may not walk with you, but you walk anyways. And now he's with Jesus. He gets back to that boat, storm ceases. And everybody starts asking, how was it? 
man, we knew you could do it. We believed in you the whole time. He begins to walk on that boat. I promise, if you ever walk on water, walking on the boat and on the land starts to lose its flavor. You know, it's a lot better than this. You know, I actually liked walking on the water a lot better than this boat. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, the water got in the boat. They were all walking on water. One just decided to get out of the boat. Everybody had water at their feet. One just decided, I'm not going to have the boat underneath me. And he got back on there and said, you know what? I just, I just can't settle for this anymore. I promise you, there's moments in God where he calls you into the supernatural where the normal loses its taste and it loses its flavor. And I promise you, God's calling to every individual in ARC to come out of your comfort and to come out of the normal. And he knows that the minute you make it up in your mind, I'm coming out of this, it will wreck you forever. It will wreck you forever. And now you'll be walking by the seashore and saying, well, it's just not as nice. And the boat doesn't feel as good. I, and you start craving the supernatural. And I promise, God's saying, come. Come. It wasn't just a call for Peter. It was for whosoever will. I want you to experience something nobody else has experienced. Because I know the minute you experience this, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wreck your life forever. You're never going to want to go back to normal. God's saying, I want to create a new sense of normal for Apostolic Revival Center. You mark my words. There's coming a day people are going to walk in dying of cancer. God's going to heal them. I've seen it happen. I've seen someone with stage 4 cancer given three months to live and God healed her. Her name's Sister Christina. God healed her of stage four cancer. You're going to see people come in deaf and blind and God's going to heal them. But do you know where that happens? And the church that steps out of the boat. It says, you know what? This may be a little unique. This might cause me a little bit of fear and doubt, but I'm going to Jesus. I'm going into the supernatural. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Come on. There's some folks who've seen too much to go back. You've experienced too much to go back, to being comfortable on your boat. You've experienced too much to go back to normal. You've seen the supernatural, and the natural doesn't seem as exciting. You're going to, come on. He says, come, come, come. Peter, how was it? you got to try it for yourself to understand you got to experience this for yourself. And I could preach all day about the things I've seen God do and the things God's done in my life. But I've come to let you know it was services just like this one where God says, I want you to step through your doubt. I want you to step through your fear. I'm not saying just cast it aside. We've all got it. That's a human response. I want you to go ahead and say, you know what, Lord? It might feel like I'm just losing my mind, and it might feel like it's absolutely impossible, and it might feel so unstable right now. But he's saying, come! It's moments like this where God says, I'm going to build the faith that you need to make it through 
the very toughest of seasons. It's faith right here that you walk on the unstable things and you walk through instability and you walk through impossibility when you come out and answer the call of the supernatural. I build your faith that you know God is not just a provider. God's a way maker. God's a miracle worker. God's everything. Somebody lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, step out of the shallow. Go ahead, step out of the boat. Step out of that, that ankle-deep water that's already in the boat. And go ahead and say, I'm going down. I'm going into If I sink, I sink. But if I walk, I walk. I want to open up this altar. God's providing an opportunity and an invitation for the Apostolic Revival Center to learn and to grow that God can do the impossible. And he says, I want you to participate in this miracle. I want you to participate in the supernatural. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. I want to go beyond normal. I want to go beyond natural. Everybody else is satisfied where they are, but I want more. I want more. Come on. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Step out of your seat. Step out of the natural. Step out of your norms. Step out of what you've known. Step out and say, God, I want to experience something that I've never experienced before. I know you got more. Lift up your hands and let's pray. He's saying, come, come. This is an invitation for you to go through the impossible. This is an invitation for you to be able to walk through doubt, walk through fear, and still make it to Jesus. Come on. I feel the supernatural since the moment I walked in this building. He's saying, come, come, come. When you walk on water, you can't go back to church as normal. Church as usual. No, I've seen too much.
Come on, come on. He's saying you're invited. Lift up your voice and pray. Come on, you got an invitation to participate in the miraculous, to participate in the impossible, to participate in the supernatural. Pray, pray, church, pray. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. I feel them in this house. There's some folks you've been feeling all week long. God's been calling to you. God's been calling to you. Answer the call of God to walk out. Well, I, I'm afraid. Don't worry about it. Only believe. Only believe. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. That's how everybody feels. Walk anyways. Well, no one else is doing it. Go. 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 Walk. 